give him a hard time and tease him, but today he's got the three female loves of his life, his daughter, wife, and his mother today with him. So, uh, amen. So that's, he's, uh, he does a great job. Very, very grateful for him. So, next week, Randy Moon is going to be preaching. Ah, gosh. <laughs> that was definitely more for than you and definitely more for me then. So I'm like, man, we're going to look for a new job, Alan. So, and the title of his lesson is Why Love Fails. Why Love Fails. So I'm not going to say anything else because he asked me not to. So... But today, the lesson, the title of the lesson today is Digging Deeper. Digging Deeper. And you're going to understand why we're talking about digging deeper. You know, in um, Santa Fe, New Mexico, I don't know if you've heard of this guy. His name is Forrest Finn. And he went in 2010 in his memoir, um, he talked about how he buried $2 million dollars of gold coins and nuggets and place them in the mountains of Colorado in a very common, easy-to-find place. Almost 100,000 people since 2010 have been looking for this gold and to the point where two people have died looking for this gold. Even though it's supposed to be very easy, like an 85-year-old man can go and, and put this gold and bury it, and literally, two people have died. 100,000 people looking for this. And so, yet all these people left these clues to its location. And it's funny, is because he buried $2 million of treasure and left clues. But see, we want to talk about a, a greater treasure that we don't have to worry about finding the clues because the, the way is before us very plainly preached. And he looked at this scripture in the book of Luke. And if you remember, it, it says in Luke chapter 6, verse 43, and I got good news and bad news today. The good news is that I have all the scriptures up on the, the screen. The bad news is, is that I've been reading and it says, if you do that, you really keep people from bringing their Bibles and getting in the habit of reading the scriptures. So I'm really tempted when we start our new facility, for the sake of Michael, no longer to have the scriptures put up on the screen. But to actually make you bring your cell phone so you can look at the scriptures. And so I won't know if you're listening to the, the message and reading the scripture, if you're checking your email. But that'll be between you and God. So here in Luke chapter 6, verse 43, Jesus is talking. And, and he read 43 through 45, and there's a concept here. But Adam only looked at the first part of it. And he says, for no good tree... Bears bad fruit. Nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from bramble bush. 
The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil out of the evil treasure produces evil, or the evil person out of his e- the evil treasure produces evil, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Theologically, this is pregnant with thoughts. So much here. But Adam talked about storing up. And if we want to store up that treasure, and out of that treasure, out of our hearts, our mouths, good happens, he talked about storing up things like prayer, openness, scripture, friends, storing up with heavenly things. And I remember sitting there and knowing that I was going to have to get up and give a response to Adam's lesson. I was thinking, how is this hitting me? And I got up and shortly I said, you know, I want to have a good heart. I not only want to have a good heart, but I want to have a heart that produces good things. So I have to ask myself this week, what did I store up? What did I do this week? Did I store up with prayer? Being open? Diving into scriptures? Did I store up my friends, relationships, heavenly things? And so if you were here last week, and again, don't look down. Embrace, the, embrace the, the discomfort here a little bit. What'd you store up? Because see, out of the good, out of the good treasure that we're storing up, good will be produced. But see, if we're not storing up, so Jesus says that, and I appreciate getting my name right, Assad, one S. Appreciate that. Someone just got it. Amen. Jesus continues this concept. Let's look at Luke chapter 6. Now let's look at verse 46. So again, this thought, this, this, it's a thought. It's, he's going on about good fruit, good treasure. And and he's talking about, oh, the overflow of the mouth, the heart speaks. And then he goes, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when a flood rose and the stream broke against the house, And could not shake it because it had been built well. You know, today in modern times, you want to build a house. I mean, you bring the backhoe in, you have the cement trucks, you have power tools. I mean, you can crank out a house now in months. It's amazing what they can do and how they can build. Teams, people, it's crazy. It's going to be a serious lesson today. (laughs) But you know, in ancient times, think about it. In ancient times, it was an exhausting effort. You know, maybe about a seven-foot tall house, single story. 
In Israel, you only built during the summer when it was dry. Because in the winter, it would rain. Sometimes you had snow, depending on your elevation. The, the, the dirt, when it got baked, it, in literally Leviticus, it talks about how it was, the soil was like bronze. It was so hard. It was exhausting. In the summer, it would be hot. You're digging with a pick, trying to get to that soil. And you get to the point where you ask yourself, like, do I have a foundation or I don't have a foundation? And I don't think it's that weird of a question in the sense of, you know, it's hot outside. What are the chances of this house really getting wet? How far down do I have to dig to get to the rock? How much time do I have? And literally, these builders are counting the cost whether or not to have a foundation. And at the end of the day, the question is always, will you take the time and make the effort to dig deep and get to the foundation of the rock? That's the question. You know, this last week, we had some horrible rains. You know, it's like two, three inches of rain, and, you know, the O'Quinn, Shade, and Sally are building the house. And it was, it, the, the, the destruction was incredible. And actually, I got a picture uh, of what happened uh, to their house. And it was amazing. And I kept telling Shade, build on the foundation. Build on the rock, bro. And this is in Capel, Texas. It's amazing. I'm sure everyone heard about the destruction. And so Jesus is linking the theme here in the first part of Luke to the second part of Luke. If you want to be that, produce, that person who produces good fruit from the treasure stored up in your heart, then you got to take the time and make the effort to get to the rock. You have to. That's what that whole pericope is. That's a whole concept, that thought. You got to get to the rock, and it's, you got the, you're going to make the effort and the time. And see, this wasn't the first time that Israel heard these concerns. Israel went into captivity. They're in Babylon. Jerusalem is still standing, but, but a wave of people were taken by Nebuchadnezzar into captivity. And you have this prophet named Ezekiel. And Ezekiel's prophesying, teaching the Israelites are in captivity. And they're hearing the stories about the temple and Jerusalem and God's still with us. And, you know, we're the people, but they're in captivity. And look at this, what he says here in Ezekiel chapter 33. Those children are safe. No, no child was harmed in the making of this lesson. So in Ezekiel chapter 33 and verse 30. As for you, son of man, 
You're people who talk together about you by the walls and at the doors of the houses. Say to one another, each to his brother, come, come and hear what the word that comes from the Lord. And they come to you as people come. And they sit before you as my people. And they hear what you say, but they will not do it. With lustful talk in their mouths they act. Their heart is set on their gain. And behold, you are to them like one who sings lustful songs with a beautiful voice and plays well an instrument. For they hear what you say, but will not do it. When this comes, and come it will, then they will know that a prophet has been amongst them. Can you imagine that? You're in captivity, and literally you, 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 you say to your brothers, sisters, come, come, hear the word of the Lord. And what they hear is a sermon of love by Ezekiel as a warning to the people from God. Because God loves them, Ezekiel loves them, and he's warning them in love. And they hear love songs with someone with a beautiful voice, like Ezekiel. But what did they do? What were their actions? Well, they chose to listen to the word, but they didn't act. They didn't do anything. And you ask yourself, why? Why? You hear, you hear, you go, you call people, you invite people to come in here, but you don't do. Well, in verse 31, gives it away. He says, their hearts were set on their gain. You know, it's like getting godly advice on like marriage or dating, but having your mind already made up. It's like maybe perhaps getting parent advice or financial advice, but already having your mind made up. It's like getting advice on how to grow spiritually and how to serve and how to love the lost, but having your mind already made up. You know, this Christianity stuff is awesome. The music, the preaching, the singing, the atmosphere, it's incredible. You're there smiling, but you're not tuned in. And they didn't take the time or make the effort to get to the rock. You know, again, Jesus is linking that theme. He's linking the theme for the per- first part of the heart of, of the goodness, of the, of the good fruit, the good treasure. And if you want to be that person who produces good, and I want to produce good, but there's got to be good treasure stored up in your heart. And to be able to do that, you have to take the time and make the effort to get to the rock. You know, Luke chapter 6, again, verse 49, it says, and this this is addressing now the second concern that Jesus has. Verse 49 says, but for the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the streams broke against it, 
immediately it fell. And the rain or the ruin of that house was great. Again, this is not the first time that Israel heard this concern. Now, you got Ezekiel in captivity, working with the Israelites that were enslaved by the Babylonians. But earlier, you had a guy, a prophet named Isaiah. And Isaiah was warning the Israelites, this is what's going to happen to you if you don't get your act together. So you have in Israel and you have in captivity. And Isaiah writes, and this is what Isaiah says about 702 B.C. Verse 14. Therefore hear the word of the Lord, you scoffers, who rule this people in Jerusalem. So he's talking to leaders. Because you said we have made a covenant with death and with Shoal we have an agreement. When the overwhelming whip passes through it, it will not come to us. For we have made lies our refuge, and in falsehood we have taken shelter. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am the one who has laid as a foundation of Zion a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not be in haste. And I will make the justice, I will make justice the line, and the righteousness the plumb line, and hail will sweep away the refuge of lies. And waters will overwhelm the shelter. Then your covenant with death will be annulled. And your agreement with Shoal will not stand. When the overwhelming scourge passes through, you will be beaten down by it. Now what's happening here? Well, see, the leaders, the people, what did they know? Well, what they knew was that Assyria was coming. Assyria was this great nation, and we talked about it when we did the Jonah series, and how Syria just coming, and they were just wiping clean nations. And they knew Assyria was coming. The overwhelming whip, the scourge. And what did they do? They knew. So what did they do? Now, Ezekiel, they, they knew, but they didn't do anything. Well, see, Isaiah, the Israelites did something. But what they did is they made a treaty with Egypt. They put their faith and the trust in Egypt. And when it says the, the covenant with death, the covenant with, um, I'll just read it, reread it here to you. He says, we have made a covenant with death and with Shoal we have an agreement. The Egyptians' worldview was death. They, they worshiped the dead. Their deities were all dead, and they worshiped them, and they're, they're kind of like their view of, of life was death. And so what Israelites did is that they came up with a treaty. They believed the scoffers. They believed the ridicule, ridiculers. So they created a refuge of lies and falsehoods. And so they went ahead and got into a treaty with Egypt. Like, Egypt's going to protect us. Egypt's going to save us from the Assyrians. And at the end of the day, their hearts were set on doing it their way and not God's way. You know, treaty is pretty good if you got a pretty strong neighbor. That's smart. Smart pool. Get a stronger person to help you. Get a stronger nation to help you. You can't take this nation out. Get another strong nation, and they'll take care of it for you. And they're just going to pass us by. 
you know, it's kind of like knowing you need godly advice, like on marriage or dating, but choosing another way. Or maybe perhaps knowing I need to get godly advice on parenting or financial help, but choosing another way. Knowing you need godly advice on how to grow spiritually and serve and love other people, but choosing to do another way. Man, this discipleship stuff. It's so, so, so confining. Narrow-minded. You have to do it God's way. And see, they didn't take the time or make the effort to dig deep and to lay a foundation on the rock. And so you have this criticism from Jesus. And the criticism, the last part of Luke there, the criticism was just like Ezekiel. You hear, but you don't do. Or just like Isaiah. You want to build, but you don't build on the foundation. You're not willing to dig deep, put the effort in, the time in. He's linking these themes. If you want to have the heart, if you want to have that heart that's going to produce good, and out of the good treasure within that heart, you're going to be able to do good and make a difference, you've got to take the time and make the effort to dig down to the rock. You know, there's one more thing here. It's one more thing that Jesus and these two writers, Isaiah and Ezekiel, hit on pretty clearly is that the storm, the storm's coming. Or storms. You know, the longer you live, the more storms you'll face. You know, it's like few storms, very few storms, maybe couple storms, a lot of storms, a lot of storms, storms coming. Luke chapter 6, Jesus said, when a flood rose and the stream broke against that house. Ezekiel, he says it another way. He says, when this comes, And come it will. Then they will know that a prophet has been among them. Isaiah finishes up his section. And he says, when the overwhelming scourge passes through, you will be beaten down by it. And warnings. Is that yours? You know, you've been a parent long enough when you can tell when it's yours. So you got these warnings. Warnings in love. Advance notice. No one is immune. 
They're coming. You know, it's like this discipleship stuff. It's helpful. It's beneficial. It sounds good. But I'm already set. I know, I know, I know. But I'm going to do it my way. But the wise, the, the prudent builder, he knew there's underlining rock down there. I don't know if it's one inch or ten feet. Again, depending on the elevation. Higher you go, the less soil. In the valleys, it's deeper. But there's rock down there. And this building must be built on rock. Because at the end of the day, the storm will hit. The rain will come. The rain will saturate the soil around the building. And if there's a stream there, it'll start developing little cracks and, and going in through the, the, between the bricks and the mud and start bulging out the rocks. And all of a sudden, the wall will fall and maybe the whole house will crash. Because the rain will come. The foundation must be built on the rock. The time and the effort is worth it. You know, in Luke chapter 6, again, for no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. The good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good. I want to do what's right. I do. I do want to do what's right. If you want to be that person who produces good fruit from the treasure stored up in your heart, then you got to take the time. You got to make the effort to get to the rock. And you know, we could sit there and like, oh, theologically, is you know, Jesus is the rock. And yeah, yeah, okay, everyone knows that, okay? This is a Christian service, okay? So I'm not going to focus on that. But see, what Jesus is saying here is that I'm not providing some magical protection from the storm. It's like some sort of wand, some sort of shaker, and all of a sudden, oh, I became a Christian, so no storms. No, no. No, storm's going to come. Rather, it's a promise. It's a promise that if this house is built on the foundation, it will withstand the storms of life. Because the storms will come. Oh, is something, who's wearing something over there? <laughs> Jesus is saying, I'm the foundation. Build on me my words. Do it my way. And you won't be shaken. Take the time and make the effort to get to Jesus. 
We're going to take communion. Because if we don't take communion, we're going to realize that all of our children are crying all the time. <laughs> and we're going to be saying, what kind of church is this that lets children cry? I pray that we take the time. I pray that we take the time to be willing to dig deeper. Get to the rock is the only way the house will withstand the storm. Let's go to God in prayer.